What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft Drivers, and Gig Economy News, presented by UberLiftDrivers.com and Rideshare Rodeo. I'm your host, SJ, and let's jump in. So last week we, um, well, we, we talked quite a bit of uh, a lot of Uber fails and things going on, and uh, tonight... And this week, this last week, it seems like we're kind of still on the same route. Uh, we do have an interview with David Pickerell tonight. Uh, we've had him on the on the cast a few times um, with Autonomy.jobs. The site is fully launched now, people, and it's free. Um, so check out the interview because this is the one that is uh, pretty, not the final one. We'll continue to have him on, but... Uh, it's launched, and so it's it's ready to go, and it's a great tool, and uh, all gig workers should start using this tool. Um, it's it's very cool, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I wanna I wanna run through some news here first. Last week, I feel like I uh, um, specifically when I went back and listened to it, I felt like I was picking on Uber, but you know what? Uber deserved it last week, so I. I was going to pick on Lyft a little more this week, but Uber just kind of uh, kept giving me, I mean, there would be no way to avoid talking about some of these subjects. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to discuss those. But don't worry, we're going to start off with some uh, news about Lyft that um, I'm sure you've seen, but this is, uh, this is just kind of uh, ridiculous in my book. Um, so there's two stories about Lyft we're going to talk about, uh, both were written by Derek Kerr, who I've mentioned a few times, really like her articles. So I've seen a lot of articles on, on these two subjects, but both I'm using Dara's cause hers, she follows up on so well. So we're going to start off with the, the partitions. Um, we are now three months and change into this pandemic and Lyft is now offering uh, partitions for their cars. However, Lyft is going to be giving 60,000 partitions to drivers for free. I want to side note that and say, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. Also, how are we going to be accounting for these 60,000? I mean, I'm sure we'll hear stories about markets, people having them, people will see them, tweet about them. Hey, my, my Lyft driver had a partition today. So we'll get things like that that let us know that they're out there. But I would like to know what the accountability is for knowing that 60,000 were shipped out for free and why I'm curious about that. And what, and this is again, why I'm using Dara's articles, because I know she'll follow up um, on this and, and make sure that they really were sent out. And I'm actually going to uh, be following up on this myself too, because I'm, I'm wondering, you know, is it, is it really, let's say it's 10,000, let's say it's 5,000, let's say it's 1,000 that they're sending out, you know, a hundred to 10 markets just so that their name gets out there. Because here's the kicker. If they don't send you one for free, they're going to let you buy one for 50 bucks if you're a driver. Now, I have seen four or five companies making partitions for cars. Hands down, the junkiest piece of junk, for lack of another word, that I've seen is the one that Lyft made. It is pure junk. Um, when I look at the pictures... I see so many ways that a sneeze or whatever is going to move about this thing. It is not sealed on the sides. It is not sealed on the top. It is not sealed on the bottom. Um, it has all kinds of access points for germs, and it is not sealed off the driver and the passenger, which a couple of the other ones that I've looked at don't do that as well. However, I've been following a company um, who we're going to have on the podcast in a couple weeks, the guy over in the UK who, uh, who invented and is making these, and I want to give it away. But his is the nicest one I've seen. But we're going to talk about lifts tonight. 
Um, Lyft is going to be offering these to drivers for 50 bucks. Yeah, the reason they're offering them to drivers is for 50 bucks is because they probably don't, from my perspective, they don't do anything. I mean, maybe a direct sneeze or if somebody tried to lean up into the front, it would stop them. But even that, like, you can stick your hand over the partition and touch the driver or whatever. You could, a sneeze, we all know, can kick your head back and it can go anywhere and everywhere. So you really need that full containment. This is not that at all, people. This is a junky piece of plastic for 50 bucks. And why I was saying I wonder if 60,000 are actually going out is because if 60,000 were going out, in my opinion, enough drivers would see them, see what junk they are, and the ones who didn't get them would never pay the 50 bucks to receive something like this. So, what is so that's why I'm curious. Is it going to be 60,000? Is it going to be 10,000, 6,000, 1,000? Because if it's 1,000, that might be their their thing is to say, well, they're out there, we shipped them. When we all know that they never hit the goals with the sanitizers, the masks, um, things like that, the PPE that they were going to hook up, they never, ever did the numbers that they said they were shipping out for free. And now the fact that they say 60,000 barriers between front and back seats to slow the spread of COVID, and then the non-60,000 of the drivers can pay $50 to get it. Well, also, Lyft decided that they will start selling, uh, not providing, although a lot of the articles say providing. So please, people writing articles, don't write providing. Providing implies Lyft will be providing drivers with something that we should have as drivers. And that is not what is happening. They are not providing. Lyft has created a store. Now, they're using a third-party operator, but that's just to cover up that it's really their business. So what Lyft is doing is now they're creating a, a store where you can buy $50 partitions, where you can buy masks, hand sanitizer, and I got to tell you, people, it's a complete joke because what? Again, we're three months into this and change into this pandemic, and this should have been out long ago. Again, they're not providing, they're selling through a Lyft online store. And also the contract that, that they made for this is with uh, Mission Ready Solutions, which is a, a Canadian military defense contractor. So let me see if I can find the quote here. Um, Lyft confirmed on Monday, yesterday, that it is working with Mission Ready, um, who I just mentioned, uh, which counts the U.S. Departments of Defense and Homeland Security as customers. Okay, now Mission Ready, this is a quote, Mission Ready, has a diversified supply chain that better positions them to cover large hurdles to obtaining PPE during a global pandemic. Accessibility and blank. The blank here is the key word of the quote, cost. Lyft is getting junk for junk prices, and they are selling it for more than I see it in the stores now. So I can just go to Target or Walmart or Costco, or whatever, and get masks, hand sanitizer, everything they're selling for cheaper. And it's not going to be some lift-labeled product where I don't want a lift-labeled product. I don't want anything from Lyft. I don't, I don't want their junk. This has always been an issue with me, and I don't, you know, I'd rather go get a name brand or something I trust, a store I trust it from. Look at the ingredients. Um... Things of that nature. Look at the quality of the masks. So I am not impressed by this. I, I think that, again, this was a PR stunt that is it already kind of failed coming out of the gate yesterday, but it's going to blow up in their face in about a week when all these reports will come back that the Lyft store is failing. It's like the Lyft maintenance thing we saw last year where you could go get your car worked on and be in and out in a day like any other mechanic, 
but they were charging way more for way crappier work. And how many of those do we see now? I don't even know if the San Francisco ones still exist. So that was just one of the things that we see in rideshare that just comes and goes. It's already gone. I think this will be gone as well. I think they're trying to just rip as many drivers off as they can quickly. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe this Lyft store is going to cut their prices in half, which then would make it comparable to what we can get them for in the store down the street or down the block from our house. So again, they're, you know, I looked at the prices and the, the amounts of hand sanitizer and stuff. I can go get those same amounts for, you know, at least, 70 80 percent of the cost lyft is selling it for for name brand stuff so and my store is stocked again with hand sanitizers and masks so lyft is doing this at a time when the country is back up and it's it's got all everything we need again at the stores so i'm really not sure what this move was other than lyft is you know hurting so bad from the pandemic and low ride share that they're trying to squeeze money out of their drivers in a horrific way here. I mean, just how pathetic. And if you were to create the Lyft store, why aren't these prices at least half of what they are in the store right now? I mean, drivers need this right now. They need help. And this should all be free. This should be coming to us for free anyway, based on your ride amount and how many masks and hand sanitizers they think you need to go through. That should be that should be on Lyft's mind, just as the partitions should be on Lyft's mind. And if you're driving, you should have one. The partitions might be a little bit different. Maybe they should have just hooked up with other companies and gave discounts. I don't know. But the PPE is straight up not cool. It should at least be half and it should, or you should be getting a big box for free, and then it should be a third of the prices of what they're charging. But we'll follow this. Right now, it's junk, and it's junk prices, and it just launched. So we'll see if it actually gets shipped. Is it coming like a lot of things did where the hand sanitizer's open and spilled all over the box, and the masks are wrecked, and... You know, is it going to be normal Uber and Lyft shenanigans, or is this going to be something where they're going to fine tune it within a week and make it um, ten cent or twenty percent the price that we can go buy it for in a store? But not; it should never, and it is, be more than I, I can go to four stores right now close to my house and get everything they have on their list for cheaper than they're selling on their list. So. Not cool, Lyft. Not cool. On a brighter note, though, um, moving back to Uber, uh, the company Get, I don't know if, how many of you are aware of this company or remember them. They've been around for a while. They raised a $100 million, um, to pivot towards business travel market in, uh, in the U.S. So... Like Uber and Bolt, Get allows people the ride on demand, um, but also with Get is Ola trying to follow up with this. So Get is going to be here in the U.S., and they are going to be uh, really competing with Uber and Lyft. And it, it, this is something I mentioned in the last podcast, which is, we need competition in the rideshare market. It's what will help drivers make more. It's what will help customers save. And we don't. And by that I mean we don't just need Uber and Lyft because Uber and Lyft just sit there and undercut each other and just are taking it to the bone. We need Ola, who moved an office to Silicon Valley last year. We need get in here some other new fresh blood to really compete with these guys on a level where. Um, Get actually uh, became profitable in December of 2019. So their rideshare company is now profitable. And I'm not sure exactly where they're falling with the pandemic. That's a, a little harder to read. But nonetheless, they're profitable now. So they're already ahead of of where Uber and Lyft are. 
Now, they'll be behind because they don't have as much operating capital. But they're doing what it tells me is they're doing something very right in the in the markets they're operating in. And they see the timing, like I was speaking about last week, as right to strike right now. It's right to come into the market. Let's get some more rideshare companies. I'm I'm excited about this. I hope that I wish get the best of luck, and I hope that they're in my market soon. Um, and I hope that Ola isn't far behind. I hope Ola's plans uh, are kind of the same. You know, they've been here a while now. Maybe they'll start to launch. But I I I also noticed that. Um, you know, we've talked about Uber and Lyft and the employer-employee status with AB5 in California. With Get, they use their corporate uh, um, model as a SaaS, which is software as a service. So that's that's their way of wording the middleman that I think is way better than the hundred ways Ubers tried to explain it, how they're a technology platform or this or that. Get straight up says we are a software as a service platform, meaning you're a driver, there's riders, and we can put the two of you together through our software. This is how easily I think Uber should have explained it way back when, but now they've dug some graves for themselves. And I'm just glad to see some competition coming because I think this is going to be really good for drivers and uh gig workers and all that also uh uber and lyft and the california ab5 lawsuit uber is now saying that they do not want to be part uh they want to be separated from the from lyft in this lawsuit because they've changed how they're doing business including letting drivers set their own fares. Now, I think I said exactly the same thing last week, that I I thought that California was letting drivers set its own fares because they were going to use this in court against AB5 as to see we even have our independent contractors setting their own rates. Marissa was sitting in with us last week and I'm not sure that she quite saw what I was getting at, but now we're looking at, now I'm seeing stories saying the same thing that I was talking about, which is uh, drivers must be setting their own fares because that is what Uber's claim is to want to be separated from the lawsuit and have it be two lawsuits from California, one against Lyft, one against Uber. They don't want it to be together anymore. Can that happen? I don't know. But they're going to make their best case to make that happen. So we'll see where that goes. Um, I also know that Lyft made some moves that Uber didn't like, too. So they seem to be branching apart um, instead of coming together, which I know that's pretty normal for these guys. But to be honest, uh, I'm kind of surprised that um, they're not just kind of getting together on this against AB5 lawsuit to do the best they can together with all of their attorneys and all of their money that they can. But I guess both companies see it better if they can be separated. So again, we'll see where that goes. But I, I just had a hunch that something about that driver setting their own rate was not falling at a good time because the model and the testing that we saw at LAX really demonstrated failure across the board. And then we saw nothing more of it. So I thought that would be gone. But my guess is now they don't care about the failure. They're just doing it so that they can use it in court to to better their court outcome, uh, basically. Oh, what else do we got? Oh, the Atlanta-based company RouteMatch um, that uh, provides uh, service to public transit in Atlanta and... Uber is acquiring, or it already acquired, I think, it, when was it acquired? Was it last week or yesterday? Well, they required, acquired RouteMatch, and now they will be uh, taking on their software that provides trip planning, vehicle tracking, uh, payment tools for fixed route transit, like buses, uh, as well as other transit services. Um, 
So this could be part of the autonomous issue that we talked about many weeks ago, how true autonomy is 20, 30 years out. However, um, little piece autonomy like self-parking cars and things that can do little things, that's already happening. It's not it's not that well-tuned, but it's already happening. But this is kind of going back to what I had thought, that maybe autonomy should happen first with public transit. Things like buses and stuff that stay on a route, have scheduled stops, have to be on time. It just seemed like that was the place where it should start. And here we are, and they're acquiring route match for their software, especially their SAAS uh, related services to this to cities. So we'll see what they do with that. I don't know if it's to acquire it and sell it. I don't know if it's to acquire it just for the software, or if they've already picked up some cities. Like we knew they were looking at Rhode Island uh, to work with them. However, their their software at Rhode Island was horrible. So I think they picked up the contract of Rhode Island. They've picked up Route Match's software, and I think we're going to see Uber try this in a few cities. And we all know how this goes. It very well could come out for two, three months and fail everywhere, and then it's just gone, and we don't remember it ever happened. But we'll we'll have to see on that one. Um, I was pretty surprised to see that. Uh, well, I shouldn't say surprised. When we sign our, uh, or when we click I agree, whenever Uber or Lyft updates their apps, we just click I agree so we can go online. We agree to, they can sell our info, they can do this, they can do that, the other. And we all know that. And actually part of the conversation and what autonomy.jobs does is very, is going to be very important tonight. So make sure you listen to the conversation with David and I. But Uber for months now, um, has been providing health officials data to help them with uh, contact tracing. Uh, They have specifically designed a portal for health officials to request user data, both from drivers and riders. So, again, here's an example of what they're doing with our data that... You should know about, you know, I mean, they're using this, they're selling this. Like, let's say that you're a driver who's had COVID and you're back on the platform. They're selling this and who knows what that could do to you down the line or what that could affect. I mean, who are they selling it to? And we'll never know those kind of questions. Um, You know, unless we do a kind of lawsuit like, is going to be going on in the UK, which I'm going to get to here in a second. But, um, yeah, it just seems like Uber's throwing out everything at the wind right now, project-wise, during the pandemic, see what sticks, while at the same time, they are just having problem after problem after problem. Um, the, The next thing that comes into mind is that I wasn't aware that Corner Shop had been in Dallas and uh, Miami since May this year. So they've been running. I don't know how well they've been running. I'm going to look into this before next week. Uh, Corner Shop is like Instacart or whatever. But last week, like we talked about on the podcast, uh, Instacart or Uber Eats, Uber, Uber is the company, acquired uh, corner shop and now is running corner shop. So <clears throat> corner shop is the Instacart of Uber. And l- like we talked about weeks ago with Matthew on the podcast, Matthew tells how he was explaining how much better dumpling is than inst- than Instacart. Well, now we have Uber Uber's version of Instacart in the mix too. Um, which isn't going to be called, I don't know if it's going to be called Corner Shop or not, um, but it's like going to be their Uber grocery kind of thing. And already, um, since the acquisition, which was seven, eight, seven days ago, Instacart is already suing Uber's new grocery delivery service, Corner Shop, for stealing thousands of its catalog product images, descriptions, and pricing data. And I'm sorry if you hear me kind of laughing because I am laughing. I am thinking how ridiculous. 
that these two platforms, Instacart is going to sue Uber for stealing its catalog product images, descriptions, and pricing data. You mean the catalog product images, descriptions, and pricing data that you get from grocery stores? I mean, basically, Instacart got all their information from grocery stores. So, in essence, unless there was a deal that none of us know about, all they did was go into stores and create, you know, here's items, here's their description. And then Corner Shop kind of has been taking this, and now the Corner Shop is owned by Uber. Instacart sees it as a lawsuit that they could actually get some money out of. They never sued in uh, Corner Shop before this for doing this. They've only done it since they came into the United States and merged with Uber. Um, Corner Shop is a Chilean company that has been operating for, for a while, and they've been doing this. But I don't see how it's stealing. Because if, it's, if, it's, if Instacart's saying that Uber stole these images, descriptions, and pricing data, well, then Instacart stole it too. I mean... Again, I'll go back and I'll, I'll look and I'll see where Instacart originally got all this, or maybe I'll ask Matthew. He might know. But as far as I see, Instacart did the same thing. They went into stores. They got the information. They built something, and they're mad that that it's being used elsewhere. But that's, I mean, this is how these platforms work. It's shocking to me to see one suing the other for, uh, for already the kind of just dirty way that they all operate. I mean, it's to me, it's just, this is a joke and a waste of time. And I, I sure hope the, the judge sees it that way. It would be great if nobody won any money on this and both companies were fined heavily for wasting court's time and all kinds, wherever they can get them. I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer or a judge, but I'm sure there's some places that, um, that can get them. They can get them on some corners here. So we'll see. Uh, it's just, it's amazing to me that we're in this pandemic and then I don't see any positive news about Uber and Lyft. I, next week, my goal will be to get some positive news about these companies because it is getting ridiculous. So also, um, on Friday in the Western District District of Texas, Uber and Lyft were sued for patent infringement relating uh, to their website and apps uh, using patented method to connect drivers looking for opportunities with riders. So basically, the whole way Uber and Lyft works, they're being sued for patent infringement. So there are four, there are four patents that have seven digits each so i'm not going to read them the big one that you should know about um i'll put i'm going to put a link up to all these stories into the uh post on the website uberliftdrivers.com so go over there and check it out um and you'll see the all the i'll put the all the patent numbers but the first one uh six comma six six two comma one nine nine four hereafter referred to as the 194 patent. Generally, that's the one that relates to... Ex- when you read it, you'll be blown away because the patent actually, in in word for word, describes what the Uber and platform are, how it, get, how it has uh, positions, assignments, con- contracts, um, where you'll go, position, GPS... I mean, it's all real-time passenger uh, transmitter. Every every word of Uber and Lyft's technology is in this patent, and it is not owned by them. So I don't know. You know, Uber and Lyft have quite a team of lawyers. But this lawsuit coming when it did, I feel like the company knew they have too many lawyers. How can we take, you know, how can we take on such huge corporations? Right now, Uber and Lyft have so many lawsuits on their plate. I think they they finally said, you know what? Um, and this is the plaintiff in this case is Great Gigs Solutions. So I think they finally said, you know what? Maybe now's the time to strike because all their lawyers are dealing with AB5. They're over in Europe um, dealing with all those because those are coming to a head right now and will determine quite a lot as well. Um 
So I'll put this link up there. You guys should look into it. It's kind of interesting uh, to see how, if you just read the third paragraph of the article I'll post, you would think I'm talking about Uber or Lyft, and this is their patent. It's not. And it's it's just crazy to me. Uh, so Uber is now facing what is being dubbed the end of the road uh, in the UK battle over the employee status. So it looks like... Um, it looks like... Uh, the the UK's Supreme Court will be uh, dealing with the final uh, Uber appeal in September of this year uh, about all of about so many European markets about employee employer status. So this might actually come to a head before AB five. So there's been I, I've read a lot of articles on this. And there's talks that they want to move this in the UK Supreme Court real quick in September to uh, to beat the November AB5 lawsuit in California. As well as Massachusetts is now kind of, as far as I could tell, and we'll talk about it more next week because I want to get better info than just um, saying they are for sure. But it, what appeared to me is, it's not just talk anymore in Massachusetts anymore. It looks like Massachusetts is going to be going after employee-employer status with Uber, too. They're not just looking into it. They're ready to sue. They might already have launched suit. But I will look into that and get back to you. Sorry if my uh, voice is a little wheezy today, guys. I've had a little bit of a bronchial thing, and it's not COVID. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's been a hot summer with some allergies and... Uh, yeah, it's just made breathing a little harder here with the hot temperatures and whatnot. But anyway, um, so it, I'm, I was surprised. I, I knew this UK Supreme Court hearing was going to be coming up, and it was the final appeal that will be allowed over there by Uber. And it also will address uh, the loss of their operating license that they, after they lost the operating license, they continued to operate. So they kind of have a plate full of lawsuits in the UK coming up in September that will be final, too. They cannot be appealed again. This is it. Um, and then a month and a half later, after this ends, they'll be in court in California for AB5. So problem after problem after problem after money spent after money spent. And they're still doing all these side projects. And it's, it's just crazy to me. And the last thing that I really wanted to talk about news-wise this week was, um, so, and this will kind of lead us into the next piece with David here, where we talk about autonomy.jobs for the last time, for a while anyway, because it's fully launched. You know, if anything, we'll give updates every week on how it's going or things that they've noticed. But you guys got to get, you got to listen to the interview with David and I. And then you got to get over there and sign up for free. Um, nothing but good, good, good coming out of that. But in over in the UK, I mentioned in the interview with David how people in the UK had to fight for the data that David can get you for free on all of your gig platform work. Um, David, at, I'm sorry, at autonomy.jobs can get you for free. Uh, but... They had to fight over in the UK for this, and they got it. But now um, the minicab drivers are launching a legal bid to uncover the algorithms used by Uber. So it will actually, and this isn't just, hey, hand this over to us. This is, if they win this case, it will, how do I put it? It will completely, it, I mean, a hundredfold increased transparency for millions of gig workers in Europe because they're demanding huge amounts of data from the ride sharing um, and it be issued to experts uh, in, in, in this field who can dissect it and say, 
yeah, this is, we see what they're doing now. This isn't right. Things that Uber has been fighting every tooth and bone they can to not have to provide, they may have to provide. So this is another legal lawsuit that we're going to have to follow, but it's going to, it's coming on the tail, and this is in the UK, that'll come right after their other two lawsuits in September, then there will be the November AB5 lawsuit, and then we'll have this lawsuit again over there. So they are really just getting punched and beat up during this pandemic. It is going to be extremely interesting to see how all of this plays out. But for now, um, that's where we're at. We just have another bad week of news. Uh, I hope you got anybody driving out there and doing gig work. I hope you guys are doing well, protecting yourself. Um, you know, next week, I, I, I've got to be able to find up some good news. I mean, when I was really, really digging, all I was really finding was because of the protests and other things going on in some cities that, you know, Uber drivers were getting punched or passengers were getting assaulted by people attacking the cars and cities and stuff. So really, even that wasn't, there wasn't even good news to be found about that. So I'm going to have to really, next week, I'm going to focus on good news in the gig and rideshare economies. And let's see if we can't just pull off a week of good news. Even if there's some bad out there, maybe I'll just try and just get in that good. But, uh, yeah, that said, let's roll into the interview with David, and uh, and then I'll bring us out of the podcast tonight. Um, they have we do have some very interesting ones coming up, and uh, some interesting guests too that haven't done any uh, podcasts or anything like that that, are, that I think are going to be some fun. But um, let's just keep keeping with the news and seeing what's happening. Also, next week I was going to address it this week, but we're just not there. We will talk about what does or does not transpire regarding a PUA extension, reduction, um, basically whatever they will decide with it. Right now there's bills on the table. There's They're trying to come to some conclusions. They want to reduce the amount. They don't want to continue it for as long. Some people want it till the new year. Um, but there is no solution at all right now and it doesn't right now there's nothing to be said except for like most things we have people on both sides of the aisle wanting different things so i don't even know if they're to the point where they've agreed this will happen let's now work on how it happens and how we meet in the middle it sounds to me like one group is saying yeah, we'll meet you in the middle. The other group saying, yeah, we'll meet you in the middle. And then we got the groups who are saying, we're not going to be any part of that anymore. So next week we'll talk about PUA a little more. Um, you know, David and I did a, a ton of research on PUA. So we're pretty versed in it right now. And I thought it was going to go to waste, but it looks like some kind of continuation might be necessary here. And it seems like most governors and uh, elected officials, state, federal, it looks like these people are understanding this is going to need to continue given some of the scenarios that have placed us so far behind in testing and in containing the COVID-19 uh, virus. So we'll get to that. But for now, um, let's jump into the interview with David. I'm going to bring him on the line and... Uh, Let's see what we got with autonomy.jobs. People, check it out after this. I'm telling you. Hey, David, are you there? Uh, yes, good afternoon, Steve. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, doing well, doing well. <laughs> All right, well, um, so we've had David on the podcast um, a handful of times. We've talked about PUA, and uh, we got through that. with helped a lot of people, I think, I, or I know we did, but... Uh, and since we've been talking about his current project on autonomy.jobs, which is the big one, and the one I've been saying is a huge, I mean, one of the, one of the best, I think, driver tools that, is, that will be out there that is now launched and out there, um, which we're going to walk through real quick here because I know we've talked about it a bunch, but I really 
this is the one you should be tuned into, people, because we're just going to have some really easy information. If you have questions, um, you'll be able to email David. Um, we'll put all we'll put all that information out in the post, as well as at the end, we'll just give some emails and stuff. So if you have any questions, because it's really as far as I can, as far as I know, and I consider it's very easy. But if you have any questions about security or anything like that. Um, launch them launch them publicly on twitter i mean it's this thing is as airtight as it comes anybody and, and when we get to the security things people you know this is autonomy is taking nothing compared to everything else you sign up for so um but let's just kind of walk can we just walk it down the list for people here yeah that'd be great okay let's let's try that so basically um the comparison we've been talking on past episodes about uh, autonomy.jobs and being able to compare uh, all the different gig platforms, what they in your area, in your market, what is the average, what are you earning, is it the average, is it because you're not working the preferred times? Um, and you can kind of break all that down and you can see a lot. And I'm not going to go through explaining it all because. Um, We'll get to a point here in a second where you'll see how fast you can obtain that data yourself and not have to have me explain it. Because when we get to that point, as far as I know from David now, it's like 30 seconds. But we'll start simply. You go to autonomy.jobs and you have to create an account. But it's as simple as everything these days that's secure and simple. It's either enter a Google account or you can just do an email and a password. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, just those and, you know, we've created your account. Right. So, I mean, they don't um, – I know that there was a name field or whatever, but that might that, – that is changing to a nickname even to – even though there was nothing wrong with the name field, just to make people feel more secure even that – it's nothing to do with their, them. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Since we last talked, we've uh, we've actually updated that already. Okay. So, oh, perfect. Um, so, basically, uh, once you've created the account, and you, I guess you can just correct me on this part if I'm wrong, but once you've created it, all you have to do is then you can log in anytime you want, and it's encrypted, it's secure, and you can. Uh, just through a couple entries, uh, connect the API uh, through through your website or the user can to any and all of the gig platforms they work, right? Uh, yes, correct. We currently support nine of the major gig platforms, but we continue to add more. Right. And so... And those are the, I mean, those are the pretty much major ones, too. I mean, you're getting around to the other ones, but like Uber left, those are up there. Exactly. DoorDash. Yeah. DoorDash, Postmates, Caviar, Grubhub, Amazon Flex. So, yeah, so the, the, big, the big ones are up there, and that's, you know, and obviously more to come. But so all you'll have to do, then all the user will have to do is go in, create the account, link up whichever of the gig apps that they work on, and then uh, they will, and this is the this is the part uh, again, people. This is encrypted. This is locked. David and I had talked pretty extensively, and I they don't even see your name. They don't even see you as anything at all. They just see you as data, and you're just in a big pool of data. So there's nothing here at all that is a security issue for you. Again, is that is that correct? Uh, no, yes, that's completely correct. So it's completely encrypted. Uh, we're able to pull sort of the trip data uh, from the relevant platform, but we don't have any access to your login or other personal information at all. Perfect. So now when they do that and they they connect their accounts, this is a lot different from when you and I first talked about this weeks ago, um, where I think we, you and I ran a test and you got us back the data in like a day. I was pretty shocked um, that now people can log into their new, newly created account, link their data or link their gig platforms up, uh, 
securely, and within 30 seconds, they have their da- their data? Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. So basically, the profile will populate, and you can start going through sort of a week by week on the platforms you've worked on. We've uh, you know, spent a lot of time and effort trying to get it down from a day to 30 seconds. Okay, so once they've done that, and... 30 seconds. I know you said that you had said that it takes another maybe minute to pull all of it, but like within 30 seconds, they're going to start seeing stuff. And within a minute 30, it's all in there. So probably this, you log in and within that same session, within the first five minutes, you could literally be looking at all of your data. Uh, Exactly. You have to bear with us for the first 30 seconds as it loads, but it'll just continue to update as it pulls all your data, but it goes back through the beginning of your time on any of the apps. Okay, so now for anybody who uh, missed some of the prior ones or whatever, what now will they see once the data is populated? Uh, Yeah, so what you'll basically see is a summary up top for any given week. You know, what were your total earnings? What were the total hours worked? And I think it's important it's sort of hours worked rather than hours on trip. and then we also show you what your actual dollars per hour earned are on each of the apps that you're on. So, you know, I'd say Uber, you made 27 bucks an hour. Lyft, you made 24 bucks an hour. Uh, and then we also show you how those earnings break down uh, by the different apps. Okay. And then now with the – I'm trying to make this – I understand. I'm just trying to make it ex- so that other people understand. With time – there with more users and more time you'll see obviously more data is becomes available because you can start doing actual comparisons almost down to probably the hour uh exactly yeah i think as more people get on the system uh the smarter it gets right Uh, and basically from there we're able to you know start to give you really interesting insights what are other people earning in your area on the different apps when and where should you be working which platforms are doing well on which times uh yeah so we'll start to be able to get into some uh, interesting insights yeah one thing i like really liked was what what was i seeing I'm looking for it right now that kind of told you not to work something but to work something else i'm looking for it oh okay here it is um it says, you know, there was an there was an example that you had showed, or that was on the website that said, you know, like seven to t- a.m. to ten a.m. Um, the average for Uber, and this is just these numbers don't represent any market. These are just arbitrary numbers, people. But um, it said, you know, you, you can make twenty two on Uber, you can make twenty one on Lyft or whatever. But then it said, recommended, you can make twenty four on DoorDash. Which I thought was uh, yeah, really—I thought that was really cool because maybe you don't work for DoorDash, but those are the hours you have to work. That's all you have. To the, like, uh, you you can't work the rush for Uber when it's paying the most, so you have to work this one shift. Well, now you can see that you could do better on another gig on the hours you can work. Exactly, and I think uh, the beauty of this is just as the platform grows and as other people sign up, we obviously get more data, and from there, that just sort of allows us to make more and more accurate predictions that help everyone make the most with their time. Which is exactly what I was going to lead into. So that exactly, it's like a it's for those who are familiar with like a peer to peer network or thing. The more like if you do BitTorrent downloading. Um, the more people on there, seeders and leechers and all the, if you're not familiar with those t- terms, basically the more people downloading and produces faster download power for you. So the more people who get into this, not only makes it, it's not so much faster, but it's way to the penny accurate. The more people that come on, it allows you to create a better set of or in an even more expanded set than you have already on what on times breakdowns is that is that right uh, that's exactly right yeah so i mean that's that's pretty huge so i mean 
you know, obviously people, these numbers vary. Um, I would assume, you know, a smaller market, a little less people. But, I mean, David has a few numbers in mind for how many starts to hit, you know, different numbers. But I was going to let you get into um, some of the cities, well, the, the three cities we talked about, and then, but every city, no matter how big or small. Uh, yeah, I think sort of, uh, first of all, the profile information and owning your own data and getting visibility into that, that will be available to anyone anywhere. What's happening right now is we're focused on uh, launching uh, in three cities, so Chicago, Denver, and Boston right now. Uh, and the reason why is that we have ambassadors in these three cities, so we've just decided to start there first. Uh, and the idea being that if we can get enough people in those cities to sign up, uh, we can very quickly start to launch these smarter insights that I think people will uh, hopefully want. Uh, and so and the, I, I, the idea of an ambassador is to kind of be able to remove you from the link of a question you might not be able to answer, basically, so that people have a go-to with questions in their market. Uh, exactly. So they have somebody who knows the local market, who is a point person that they can interact with, someone yeah. who's an evangelist for us. And I think from our end, you know, this doesn't mean that we're just limiting to these cities. We'd love to have ambassadors in other cities. So if anyone is listening and would love to get involved, first try it out. But if you like it, please reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. But also, the we're, you're not just launched. You're not just launched in the three cities. You're launched in every city right now. Uh, correct. I mean, any anybody could sign up in any city. Correct. Right. I mean, it might take a little. It might take a little bit longer in smaller cities or whatever to kind of get more until more drivers are on and until there's a little more data. But people, you got to remember, if you're listening to the podcast, first and foremost, you are getting something here right out of the gate by creating the account that took many years for for European rideshare drivers and gig workers fighting in court to be able to get their data. They did this for years, and it took them years to be able to get their data. David is offering you this for free. I mean, you sign up, and you get your data. You can download it. You can um, you can have it uh, sent by Excel or Google Sheet or whatever, and it's good. it can date all the way back to whatever you started with these platforms. Yeah, it's your data. You should... Exactly uh, how I feel, dude. Yeah. If they're selling yeah. it, you should you should have a copy. So I know that maybe some of us in the U.S. don't really realize that I or how important that is. But over in Europe, a few years ago, they realized the drivers and such realized. Wait, we need this data, and there could be a multitude of reasons why. So I won't get into all of them. But the bottom line is, if if Right off the top of your head, you might think of a reason why you need your data. But if you don't think of one, that doesn't mean you don't need it. Get it. And right now, you can get it by doing this. You know, I mean, I'm sure David will continue if they make it harder to get it to to still make it doable. But right now, you can pull your data, so get it. At least get the account made. Get signed up. Get your data. That's that's worth it right there. But then the extra tools that come out of this is, to me, makes the whole gig thing way better. Because I'll see what gigs I want to might not be working for that I want to apply for in my market that work on the hours I work. I'll see what the averages are of these of these platforms in my network. Because one thing that we all face is that when we look on social media and such. We see a lot of uh, arguing going on, like, well, how do you make that much on Uber? I only make that this much. And then you'll even see a response. Well, I work 8 to 10 at night. Well, I work 8 to 10 at night, too. This is where the problem comes in. We're talking about two different people in two different markets, and it can be night and day. So this debate can go on forever, but the bottom line is when it's when people say you can't make any money driving for Uber – that statement is only coming from that person in their market based on the hours they drive. 
because a lot of people make a lot of money. So it's not always such a true statement. This is going to help you see that for your market. And I think that, uh, um, I don't know, I think that's such an, an unbelievable tool that I think you have to sign up for an account to really understand what I'm saying here and what David's trying to 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 tell to tell too like you you kind of have to do it to really understand what the what you're getting out of this no and i think you're you're spot on there steve right if you look online people are usually posting sort of the the best days they've ever had or the worst days they've ever had and people sort of latch on to that but uh you know with this we can actually sort of start to get to ground truth and i think there's just a lot of nuance to it like you were saying Right. So, I mean, the best way to do this, guys, is to go to, go to autonomy.jobs. Again, I mean, we went through it in the beginning, but I just want to make sure because those of you who know me know that I am huge against data farming. And so in no way would I promote something that did data farming. But I've been talking with David for a long time. We've been working together on a lot of projects. And I know that's not the case. This is encrypted. You're safe. And this is for you. So you get logged in, and it just becomes data in the background for autonomy.jobs. They don't even see your name. There's no association. This is for you to log in and see what you want. And I think that the best way to do it is just to go and get signed up. There's no harm, no foul. In fact, before we did this, data or David and I were talking, and he assured me that if you do decide you don't, for any reason, want to cancel the account, um, he can pretty much, or as soon as you want to cancel it, uh, he can Hillary Clinton that thing and bleach bit this thing. Your records. Is that right? <laughs> That's correct. So if you want to remove a single account, you know, hey, I want to remove my Lyft account, data's gone from our system. If you decide you want to delete your entire account, data's gone. So it's your data. Uh, if you want to go, we respect that. And, right. You know, we won't keep a copy of it. Right. So it's not a, again. It's not a comp because I don't know. Probably most of you are aware that when you delete any account, like if you have, okay, we all have. Most of us have Amazon accounts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Most of us have Amazon accounts. So if you have an Amazon account and you delete that account, don't for a second think you deleted that account. They own you. They still have all of your data, and they will use it till you're dead. <laughs> I mean, so to hear about these companies like you who actually will remove it is a really is 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 what all companies need to be doing. In my book, no, I agreed. I agree with that. And so, and I actually got a while we're here, sort of a uh, special offer just for the podcast listeners here. If you'd allow me. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just like to say, you know. We're thankful to all the podcast listeners here. And as part of that, we just love for you to try it out. Uh, and if you like it, please help refer it to your friends. And I think from here, what we'd like to offer is now through the end of August, uh, the person in each of these cities who refers the most friends, we're, you know, we're happy to sort of provide a $50 Amazon gift card for that. And, you know, this has never been put out there. This is starting today. So here on the podcast is the first time we've mentioned this. So to those listening, uh, the floor is open. Wow. Awesome. So so if somebody refers three, four people, that's that honestly could win your market because this is the ground level right now. We've been talking about it for a while, but it is. But now it's launched. It's live. So now is what you would call the ground level. And so first step is get signed up. I mean, get signed up. It's free. It's safe. And you right away, I guess, once you've applied linking up your stuff, in 30 seconds, I think you'll see why I'm telling you to do this. <laughs> because right away, just that little bit that comes back to you will show you what you've never seen. You've never, you've never seen the, what you're going to get back. Is that, is that a good way to say that? I don't know. Uh, yes. And I think, you know, especially around the earnings per hour and dollars per hour, I think we've put sort of a lot of time and effort 
Yeah, that's that's kind of that's that yeah, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, like you're giving. I mean, like Uber doesn't provide us this, and they don't even offer it somewhere hidden on the website. This they don't want you to have this. I mean, why would they want you figuring out this information? Yeah, how I sort of view this is, you know, by everyone coming together, we can sort of answer the questions that the apps don't want you to. Right, and the and also the questions that uh, social media tends to, when people post something, cause arguments. Just like everything on social media, somebody posts, oh, I'm jamming on this. Somebody's going to say, no, you're not. And it's just a fight. And Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, all these gig companies, Instacart, they're all laughing because they don't even jump into the conversation. They just let all the people hash it out amongst each other. And through time, I would think this is going to produce data, or I know it will, that will be solidified and you can actually prove and say, no, this is it. And the arguments will go away. <laughs> and then the companies are going to have some answering to do. I don't, that's that's how I see it anyway. Um, because they have been able to stay out of the conversation, and that's not a good thing. You know, we don't want to have a bunch of people who do work 50 hours a week on gigs, let's say. We don't want to have them posting what they made and then being torn apart being called a liar and this and that and getting off social media where we can't have the conversation. But this is going to take all that away and just make it truth. And so, you know, I mean, you can look at your total earnings and say, well, I know. I mean, I've worked seven hours. That's what I made. Put this much gas in. Spent this. But that's not the same thing as what this does. So all I can tell you people is autonomy.jobs. You need to go there. You need to sign up and you need to check it out now. Get over there and do it. And uh, I guess now that he offered for uh, for a few select cities, I mean, those cities, those people should be jumping on this. And I'm imagining that, I, I don't know, because you just mentioned it, but I'm imagining if it goes well, knows that you're going to slowly start offering it to others as well. <laughs> Definitely. I think it's a combination of, you know, where we see a lot of people signing up and also just, you know, if people, if we find the right people to be ambassadors there. So hopefully, you know, my hope is it's a lot more cities soon. Right. But you also don't want to say today, every city, because you don't want it blowing up to the point where you're juggling everything, you know, to try and take in all of this. Like you do want everybody to sign up, but I understand what you're saying, like, by having some target cities, once they've hit a, a capacity where we can show some real data on them and show how it breaks down, then it becomes really easier to get everybody on board. So what I guess what I, my thinking is, to those of you listening to this podcast, you're probably veteran drivers or you care enough on the level that I'm speaking of where this is something, I'll just say it plain, you need to do right now. Do it before... It's huge. <laughs> Do it now in the beginning and be part of, of helping it be what we need it to be. And then that's, that's, that's the way I see it. If, if, if that's incorrect, let me know. <laughs> no, I love it. And I think you put it super well there, Steve. Thank you. So if you have any questions at all, please contact, uh, David, I think you, it's just David at autonomy.jobs, right? Yep. Yep, you can e email David at David at autonomy.jobs. I know he's very approachable. Um, don't hesitate to email him. You can email us if you have a, a question that maybe you're just, that you don't think is, you're not ready to throw at them. I'm open to, like, you, uh, you can hit us up at uberliftdrivers at gmail.com. So feel free, but I, but I'm telling you, go to the website and feel it out for yourself. See, see what you think looking at it before you sign up. And then I, my guess is, is that almost everybody will sign up that goes. <laughs> so I know you visit websites. It only takes a minute. How long do you think it takes to create a profile? Uh, I mean, to create a profile would be a matter of seconds. Uh, once you connect your accounts, you know, the whole experience would take, you know, a handful of minutes. Right, like creating the account, and if you work 
let's just say rideshare for a minute because since that's the only platforms I do that I that I know. So if I went, I create my account, I hook my Uber and my Lyft, and really it's not it's not a lot of info, people. It's super easy. You link those, and then it only takes thirty seconds back. I'm thinking five to seven minutes. You have your account created, and you have all your data. That's correct. Yeah, that's it's that easy, folks. So with that, we've talked a lot about autonomy.jobs, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But get over there, check it out, log in, sign up. And uh, David, thank you for doing all this. I mean, this is this is a tool that I don't think many people, even even when they hear about it, they don't realize it. But I think once they see it in front of them and create the account and see even the beginning of what it does, more or the less where it's going to go, I think they're going to be blown away. So go and do it, people, because like I was saying before, I think this is going to be one of the one of the strongest driver apps out there, tools for drivers and gig workers, is that you can go and get everything. I mean, really, this is going to be, I think it's going to be the solid tool, but we'll see. Um, but David, thank you for all of your efforts and everything you've done with this and, uh, um, yeah, I know you and I will be in touch, but, uh, if you have any questions, blast us and David, thank you for coming out again. No, and thank you for having me, Steve. And yes, please, anyone listening, please feel to reach out to me. Please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. See, yeah, he has no problem. <laughs> All of you can email him. He'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah. Anytime we'll get you back on. Thanks, David. Take care, Bye. Well, I don't know about all of you, but I'm sold. Um, I love it. I love what they can. I love that they can pull your data. I love uh, it when you go there and set up an account. You'll see some screenshots that'll way better display kind of what we were talking about, like how it looks and and just how how easy to understand and how cool it is. So, yeah, um, get over there, get signed up for free, get your data for free. Uh, and, uh, use the, and optimize the tools. And as, uh, the peer to peer network gets stronger, so does the, so does the base of autonomy.jobs. So, um, again, you know, David and I have done quite a lot of stuff together over the last three months. It's like we met during the pandemic. Um, I think this is a great tool. I'm really proud of the work that him and autonomy have done. And uh, I'm glad to have helped them in any way that I have. Um, and I'm glad for the help that he gave me when I was researching PUA. So uh, we're kind of sister companies, and we've got a rapport going, and it's good. And uh, look forward to working with him more in the future. And, uh, yeah, for all you out there, um, please have a great week. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really search, search, search to have a, all good news uh, next week. And if not, I'll, I'll just make the bad news a little five minute segment. I want to have a good, I want to have a good news podcast. So let's have a, let's see if next week can be a, all positive things going on for drivers, gig workers, things like that. Anyway, um, you all be good to each other. Be good to spend time with your families, you know, do some, do some good deeds uh, don't act like the ride share and gig companies, you know, be good. Uh, if you're working, make some money. If you're not making money, pause the working, um, or find other outlets. Again, autonomy jobs what it's there for. But until next Tuesday, y'all, this is me signing off and, uh, take care of each other. And I wish you all nothing but health, happiness, and a great week. And I will see you back here next week on the rodeo. Peace.